welcome to the San Antonio. I don't have a voice. I'm not. I'm not gonna go. Um, welcome to the San Antonio Fancast. Uh, I'm tired. I had a long weekend. Uh, my voice is shot. I uh, had a good time at the beach. Um, caught my first shark. So that was the thing I did. This thanks weekend, for the invite, so. my friend. Dude, thanks for um, the invite. You know what? I would invite you if you waited for me to introduce you. That's the big problem. <laughs> Let's go around the horn. Yeah, we, got no the, we got the usual suspects. We got the, the full diamond here. We got uh, Robert on first base. Robert, how are you? How have you been? I am good. I'm doing well. Enjoying this uh, rainy weather for some reason. It's uh, kind of refreshing nice. to be hot. Yeah, not humid. It's nice, hot. right? Yeah, I like it. I actually dig it. Yeah, it wasn't that. Well, it didn't rain that much at the beach, but it, it did a little bit. And we got Rafa at second base. Rafa, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? Um, not doing bad. Hashtag what happens in Vegas um, goes on to the um, under the under the league table for SAFC. We'll talk about that later. And Harry on third base. Uh, how are you doing impatiently? I'm not impatient. I'm just, you know, I was waiting for the invite. It never came. So, hey. Oh, hey, Coach Cano. Look, right here. Prime spot. I never got the invite to Detroit, but anyway, let's continue on here. Uh, that's that's um, not true. That's not true. <laughs> I got the invite to, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so let's get into the episode. Let's get some SAFC now. Um, first topic that we're going to go over um, is going to be Harry. First topic. I'm, sorry, I'm hearing some background, so I'm trying to see if yep. it's going to be or what. Yep. It's where you have to tell the listener, turn down your radio. So anyway, first topic is going to be that it would appear that Kai Kareniuk's 25-day contract was allowed to expire without offering uh, an extension. Um, it's very possible that that he may get extended later on in the season. It's still open. He may still train with the team. But it would appear that his 25-day contract has expired without an extension. So um, he did have two appearances with SAC before he did have an upper body injury. Um, one was, I believe, against Phoenix, correct? Um, and he had a couple shots in that one. And he had uh, the Open Cup appearance against Nashville. Um, and he had a couple shots in that one as well. Um, let's go around the horn real quick. Um, Robert? Uh, how did you feel about so far the Kai Kareniuk experience with SAFC, knowing that his 25 days is up? I, I mean, honestly, not a film on me. It was like kind of an incomplete. I mean, he played a little in the Open Cup. He had that one chance, didn't bury it. He had his, you know, opportunity to kind of shine. But I mean, it is what it is. He, he didn't get much of a chance overall, to be honest. Rafa. Yeah, it's like a, for a report cards, kind of like incomplete on him. I know he had those two appearances, and then he got hurt. Um, maybe it was just like I say, like a test round to see how he fits in with the club. Right, you right. Know, right. Not only not only in the games, but also at practice and stuff. If he was wanting to catch up to as far as learning the system, like like Batista and Bailey, um, you know, who knows? You know, maybe they'll have him. Waiting, there might be like mentioned, we mentioned earlier, uh, negotiations for possible another 25 day contract or a permanent deal. You know, we, we don't know yet, so we'll we'll see. So, 
I said, well, you know, we're, if he comes back, great. If not, you know, good luck to him wherever he, he goes and plays. You bring up a good point. I do wonder what the uh, USL CBA says about multiple 25-day contracts, or yeah. if you could just go to one, one. And, then, and then you can extend it for the season. Uh, Harry, uh, your thoughts on the, the Kaikarinuk experience? And that was all right. It served a purpose. We needed some depth um, at the time that he came in, so he served that purpose. Um, obviously, with them bringing in Big Sam and uh, Tani uh, in, to me, that was kind of the writing on the wall. Um, even for Eric Hurtado, uh, <clears throat> who was transferred to DC United, um, pending you know the the injury to Justin Dillon, I just didn't see m- much time or much minutes for him. So I think it's good for him to get some film on, uh, get used to the system, uh, you know, or get get introduction to the system here, and, and hopefully he can land somewhere else if he doesn't resign with if he doesn't sign with San Antonio because um, he either you know with with the twenty five day contracts it's only one you can't do multiple like uh, you know the ten days in basketball uh, right. for that here so um, his time at least um, right now unless they sign him long term which. I think most of us would think is probably not very likely um, at this point with, with all the forwards we have, but right. Um, 25 years old uh, has, he has potential, um, but he just needs to find that right, right system. I would agree. And that's definitely, uh, you, you brought up something there in, in your statement, uh, your analysis that, that I want to pick up on as well is um, we are now full of forwards and it's tough to get all of those forwards on the field at the same time, especially if you include, you know, that third forward position, that's kind of the hybrid midfield, the number 10, the midfield and the Ford that uh, Hernandez or Loera or Pirano are going to take over, depending if they're in the typical three, five, two, or if they're in that four, four, two that we saw in this past game that we will uh, discuss as well. But, um, it's going to be tough to get a lot of forwards in there. You have Tanny, you have Sam, you you have Dylan, you have, you know, there, there's a lot of forwards. Um, and yeah, like like you said, it's going to and Kamarni, um, uh, Nico. So there's a lot of talent up there, and it was going to be tough to break the team anyway. And you know, stinks to have it that way, but at the same time, you know, as a team, you you go forward with your with your best and and another big thing is um kai may remain in training for now um and while safc waits on you know kind of the situation with st louis city sc with minnesota united to see because we have seen players that have been loaned from mls to safc go straight back and get recalled so who's to say tanny doesn't get recalled who's to say sam doesn't get recalled so if that happens perhaps um Kai will get the call and he will get the extension for the rest of the season. Um, and while we're talking about, um, uh, you know, having a lot of options uh, in the Ford pool, let's go to the injury report to the injury list because we don't have a lot of options anywhere else on the field because of injuries. Good Lord. So as we've seen, um, uh, as we've seen reported, uh, Mitch and Justin, uh, have been uh, kind of rehabbing together. Uh, they're both, they've both been in training recently, which is a great sign. Uh, Mitch did have kind of a lower leg brace. So he's coming off of, of an injury, obviously. Um, and Justin looks like he's coming back as well. 
Um, Manley looks like he had, um, unfortunately, a, a setback in his recovery. We did see him for a game or two, and it looks like he's back on the injury list, which is not ideal. PC, we know, did his groin, so he is he's probably going to be out probably 8 to 12 weeks from that. So not ideal, but at the same time, now's the time that the injury – you know, injury of that sort is okay because you allow him to recover in time for later in the season when you really need him. Uh, Loera, we saw his shoulder injury in Nashville. He's still dealing with that. And we have Azokar and Maloney out for personal reasons. Azokar, we're still not 100% sure. We could speculate all we want to, but we're not sure about what's going on. And Maloney, we do know his wife, is pregnant and they are expecting their first child very soon. So he's obviously staying home to, uh, to be with mama. Um, and, uh, Sarge salute. We salute you. Good luck. Uh, good luck with the young one. And, you know, from, uh, you know, from me, Harry and Robert being dads, um, that, uh, that first month is, uh, you're going to need that time off. Cause it's, uh, yeah stressful so yeah. yeah let me let me ask you a question here and, and aj asked me this and he's like do you think maloney will be back this week and i was like to be honest with you if this is his first child i personally hope we don't see him b- back until we're back home so give him the next right. two weeks off Correct. um you know uh, for that here so is that kind of the expectation that you kind of think and, and i know for maloney that might be hard because he's one of those people that likes to play every minute Correct. Um, be at every game, very team oriented. Um, but you know, for me as 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 a as a father, um, <clears throat> hopefully, you know, assuming everything goes well and, and everything's perfect, Correct. even if you know, you know that that he still misses probably Detroit and Charleston uh, on this three game road trip. See, and that's kind of the point that I want to get to. I I say we're not going to speculate, but at the same time, there's been a lot of chatter around a Sokar and his absence. And I feel we kind of need to address it just to give him some credit, give him some grace, um, because there's been a lot of there's there's been a lot of venom out there for him, and I don't understand it. There, there's a couple things. Number one, what we do know for sure, he did have a child in the first week of the season. Number two, a fact that we know is that not all pregnancies and not all births and not all children's lives in the beginning go according to plan. Not every kid is 100% healthy. So you don't know what's going on there. You don't know what's going on with his family. Most likely it is a family issue. That's why he's staying home and he's going to training when he can. Yeah. So give him some grace. Give the Azokar family some some grace and give them your prayers because I'm sure if things were to go 100%, uh, Peachy Keen, Avril Levine, he'd be going on the road trips and everything would be fine at this point. But the fact that he's not – you know, just give them your prayers and hope for the best and hope it is something that we're going to find out is ridiculous and hope it's not something more serious <laughs> that it most likely is. Same thing. You know, we're going to kind of go with Maloney. I do agree with you. I don't think he should really be around the team for that first month. And that's just with, you know, the typical typical sicknesses that go through teams. You don't want to bring that home to mama. You don't want to bring that home to the baby. So I don't think he should. He should well, just be on the board. bonding aspect of it. It's, it's bonding. I we're, mean, we're a different time now where dads right. 
Dad should be at home with mom for at least the first couple of weeks. If you can afford to do it. Let me, let me, I, I think it should be six weeks to be honest. And I just think that should be a universal thing. You have a kid. Uh, that's six a whole weeks. separate discussion. Yeah, it is. It is. But at the same time, I think you need, and especially if it's your first kid, correct. you need six weeks to get used to your new life. You put the in, child in, on, a, on a schedule. Correct. Correct. So, um, but that's what, that's what I feel is that from, you know, that, you know, the first, the, the, the kid's birthday, it should be six weeks. Good luck. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you when you can come back when you're able to, um, because family is first, this is a job. We're talking about their job. So job is always second. Family is always first. So even on this well, show, exactly, exactly. And, and that, and we all, you know, we all have lives. We all have families mm-hmm. and we're, I am not on a lot and, and same goes for everybody else. Uh, sometimes we can't record the show because we have family issues um, or or we're sick. We have health. You know, we got to have personal days. It is what it is. This is a hobby. What are we talking about? Yep. That's their job. So, uh, but at the same rate, I think Maloney should be out for six weeks. And then after that, you know, if he can pop into training every once in a while, that'd be great. You know, keep that fitness, keep that bonding up. And then, you know, we'll see you in July at some point. Come back. We're going to need you in August and September. So um, those are my thoughts, and that's the injured list. And when we come back on the other side of this break, we'll talk about uh, lights part two. I love the chase and the hunt, and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want, and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, no, I'm funded. Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always thankful for something. Don't take for granted. Stay on. And we're back from the little break. Um, let's talk about uh, Vegas part two in Vegas. Um, we had a little, uh, a, a little change, a, a little difference that was very obvious um, whenever they <laughs> they announced the lineup. Um, and the first question that I asked in our in our text group uh, for the pod was, "Is Jacory Hayes going to play center back?" To which Harry, uh, was it Harry or Rafa responded, "No, I think Gomez is going to be the third center back where Maloney used to play because we used to have Maloney as that right side of center back." And then uh, this formation came out, and lo and behold, it's a four-four-two, which is not the first time we've seen the four-four-two. We've seen it in preseasons before. I'm not sure if we've seen it actually during during a match for Marcina during the Marcina era. I think they tried it last year and didn't have success. Uh, that would not surprise me at all, because um, it is a completely different system. And to be honest with you, they kind of got overrun quite a bit, especially in the midfield in this one. And we'll go we'll go over that here in a little bit. But it was very interesting seeing obviously because of um avail- player availability we have well now we have eight players out on the IL we'll go on that before this game we had seven players unavailable on the roster so kind of based on availability we had to go with a 442 which is interesting so uh let's go with Rafa uh Rafa what are your thoughts on the 442 I know you've been clamoring for a 433 is this kind of a a good um compromise for you or do you want to see more of a 4-3-3 was kind of the performance in this match against Vegas? Um, we'll, 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 go, we'll go over what you feel about it, but how do you feel about the 4-4-2 um, versus the 3-5-2 the that we normally see? You're on mute. I think it's a lack. It was just a necessity to do it. But the one thing I think I said we could have played, maybe we could have probably still played a three back, maybe Bailey 
because he does have experience playing as a defender. You know, you know, pair him up with Batista and and Garcia, and still kind of keep that three five two. I I rather play a three four three. You know, I I think that's something we've gotten away from. We saw a lot last year, especially that press that we used to pretty much smother a bunch of teams. I think maybe because of the injuries, we're, we've kind of pulled that back. So, but as far as the formation, you know, it's just out of necessity. Um, I would just just notice we did leave a lot of a lot of gaps in the midfield, which we we'll, we'll discuss. But uh, Nacho and Adrian playing up top, great. I think they've they had they've had some chemistry. That they're familiar with each other. Absolutely. Um, I think the one Parker was, was kind of the question mark playing back there. You know, was he going to be kind of like the winkling there because he doesn't have that experience playing on that that defensive side? So, but you know, Marcino knows what he, he can get out of his players, and that's what the formation he had for this past Sunday. See, I think I think part of it, part of the idea for Marcina, and and we'll go into this here in a little bit. Um, the the thought was you have Bailey as a midfield and Bailey can go to the right or he can go to the left and he can help out wherever Vegas is trying to overload. And then you'll have Ja'Cory Hayes there in the middle. Well, the problem is that in the attack, um, Bailey would go forward and he'd kind of leave that role alone and he couldn't get back in time uh, because he was playing in the midfield, but he was really supposed to kind of be playing multiple wings where the overload was. So um, I definitely think, this is going to need some more work. It's not, it's, it's a work in progress. It's not going to be automatic, but there, there's definitely some, um, uh, it showed signs of, of, of really working. Uh, it, it, re- it wasn't, you know, just the talent of the players that kind of took over the formation did, it did have its strengths. Um, but at the same time, uh, especially in the beginning of the game, it really showed its strength. But as the game kind of went on toward the middle part, um, yeah, Vegas started figuring some things out for sure. So um, do we want to go and hit the highlight package uh, and then continue with that? Well, I have a question here for you. Go ahead. And Rafa and I kind of touched a little bit on this at uh, the beginning. Um, and Jonathan Check uh, put out uh, this tweet here. As of halftime, it wasn't quite a 4-4-2, Batista getting forward a little bit. Smith not getting as far forward as other attackers looks a little bit weird uh, for that here. To me, we were looking at a 4-4-2, and we'll get into the highlight package here, but I think we'll when we when we look at the goals here, um, my thinking is, do you think it was smart for them to start Hanson and Kamari Smith out on the side as opposed to having Pirano or Hernandez? So I think the thought of it, and, and like I said, that's kind of going into it. So I, we will talk about kind of okay. um, kind of the thought about it. Go ahead and go back to the average positions. Um, and and I'll, t- I'll tell you what to look for. And this is kind of where I think the ideal was. It just it, it it didn't show itself, it, and I know uh, we'll probably go over the the John Morsley the USL tactics video. Yeah, I've got it queued up here. But what I think um, what I think happened, Batista typically comes out, and he normally does that, and he does that really to intercept the ball early. Um, and and you had Parker out there. The issue with Parker out there, and why you had Zico and and like I said, you had Jacory as a midfield, is so Zico can kind of go help out on the wings. 
which meant that Nacho and so Kamarni was kind of kind of a forward, but then he should come back on the wing in defense. So he would kind of be, you know, that outside player, but not completely the like a fullback. But Zico was there to kind of help the fullbacks, and Jacori was really supposed to be there manning the midfield. Well, unfortunately, Jacori got ran over a lot just because his positioning, he wasn't used to the system. Whenever he'd position himself, there was space in between the lines. There was space between him and the center backs, and Vegas would really occupy that space. If you see the nine there, um, the nine for Vegas, um, and uh, the, yeah, the nine for Vegas was constantly on Jacory Hayes's shoulder. So whenever you had that nine on Jacory Hayes's shoulder, Jacory Hayes kind of only had to go. He was found himself man marking the nine a lot, which left Preston, uh, the number eight for Vegas. Mm-hmm. There, it would allow him to go one on one with the with the left back, um, and that was basically. Um, what Vegas had learned and the coach had learned about the SAFC system because they did later on in the in the game in San Antonio, they kind of went with that 4-4-2 with that little hybrid system that they had. They had a very similar thing when they were chasing uh when they were chasing the the winner, um, you know, when it was drawn and San Antonio was trying to uh, trying to win the game there in San Antonio. They they kind of looked at what happened and they they were attacking it. That's why you have the four and you have uh, number eight for uh, Vegas occupying that same space because they're both trying to um, go against that isolated uh, left back because they saw something there. So that's going to be something interesting for, um, for Barcina to figure out because that was, you know, a feature and a bug of the system is that you kind of left your left back isolated and it's going to be even more of an issue now that Parker is out. Uh, and so you're only going to, your only left back really is um, uh, Bailey. That's going to have to be out there. So we'll figure out what happens against Charleston. Um, but it's, mm, uh, you know, squad keeps getting thinner. So we'll figure it out. Good with the highlights. This is courtesy of YouTube and uh, USL. Uh, championship and yes, Vegas and San Antonio FC. So, yeah, so like I said, early in the match, San Antonio is really strong, and it kind of concluded in this move here. Sam playing really nice with Kamarni here. Kamarni with the pass to Sam, and Sam does what he does with that culture. What a spectacular goal from Sam! And this is what I mean by. Kamarni was that um was that third forward because he's there playing. Yes, he left that left wing kind of isolated. But like I said, that's a feature of the system is for him to be that third forward. And so if you can have Kamarni, if you can have Sam. In this case, it was uh, Nico was a winger, but in this case, you had uh, Nacho being a holdup. Um, if you have those three together, they played really well together. The issue is that left side that you kind of need to cover. So, we'll, like I said, we'll see how Marcina figures that one out. So, let's continue. Springs and Miami FC both lead the division with four apiece. And pause real quick. So, this is going to lead to the goal. Um, so, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Go back. Go back like two seconds. So, this all starts off with Kamarni losing the ball. And he fails to track back when he lost the ball at the same time you have Zico Zico's also way too forward if you look at where Jacori is Zico's right here correct 
Jacory is about where he needs to be, and Zico needs to be back where Jacory is. So Zico so should not, have been over here too, though, right? That's what I'm saying. He needs to be next to Jacory back there, not next to Kamarni. So Kamarni goes forward, and Zico follows him, and that's the issue. So you have you have your left sided and right sided players there in the exact same space, and that's kind of where this leads up to. Kamarni gives up the ball very cheaply, but. But isn't Smith supposed isn't because you've got Hanson here and Smith here. Like I said, like I said, Kamarni is supposed to be that third forward. He is playing a role of that third forward, and Zico's supposed to be back and he's supposed to help out with that wing. And he came up as well in the attack along with Kamarni. But when Kamarni gives up the ball, they're both not occupying that space, and there's all the space in the world. And this is what Vegas was looking for, and it's exactly what they got. Continue. It almost reminds me of classic SAFC, like uh, offense off defense. This is exactly what we do to other people in reverse. <laughs> so, so to me, I noticed the back four was kind of straight here, but it's, it's a hell of a through ball. It's, it's, an, it's, an offside, it's an offside trap. It's a fat back four. That's a, that's an that's an offside trap they're trying to to roll with, but the problem is that they're they're too narrow. They're too narrow, and Preston is allowed to go around them. Parker uh, kind of took a bad angle on that. Parker, Parker Parker took a bad angle, and he needs to be right there, shoulder to shoulder with Preston, and he gives him way too much space. So, and Preston's fast. Parker's not that fast, and that's kind of that's what happens with you know kind of young. Young players, they're going to take a bad angle, and they're not going to be, you know, up on the marker. But to give Vegas credit, that was a great through ball. Um, and that through ball is what set it up. It was, and it was because of the space that San Antonio left behind, and they took advantage of, uh, of kind of poor play by SAFC. I don't know why that's a highlight. <laughs> There really wasn't a whole lot more. <laughs> Fair enough. And then here's the Shannon Gomez clearance off the line. Once again. Oh, no, that was a, that was the far. That's right. That's, yeah, the far. that's how they got their first once goal. Again, yeah. Once again, Batista. Batista gets completely done in the corner there. But at the same time, he really has no help because Parker is so forward. Right inside the six, swatted away what by Jordan Farr. What to say by Jordan? Vegas is which, camped out in the penalty area. The offside flag on comes one. up. And the penalty spot for San Antonio. Here's the delivery. Towards the back post, headed on target. Diaz has it. That was at least on target. Uh, Kamarni had, had a similar open header off a uh, off of a corner kick <laughs> during this match, and he. I don't even know what he was doing. It was shifty just past the far post. Hey, Rafa, your thoughts it. on Pirano on this? Because during our watch party, you made a comment on what you thought he should have done. Yeah, if you see him when he breaks into the, because like I said, he's a left-footed shooter here. Once he receives the ball here, and he takes that first touch to the left, and then if you go a couple of seconds right there, that's where he's supposed to. He needs to take the shot, but. I don't know if, I, if from that angle, if that space was taken, and that's why he cut back in. But that that's that's where he needs to bring the ball a little bit more across the line to create that space and to hit that shot. Because that way, the the goalie is probably going to commit to that near post, and he's got that shot to that far post. Yeah. I think I think if he 
Or mm-hmm. he has another option. If you kind of roll back a little bit where he's on the line, you see where Ditterin's at. He can also play a little through ball there to to him. So he's he's got options there. You see right there, he's got the ball. See how the defender in front of Darren, he's already kind of keying on, on Pirano. So if he kind of commits uh-huh. a little bit more, he can actually play that little through ball and, and Jordan's right there to scores that one. Yeah, because so when he I cuts think, it back, yeah, he pushes it into four defenders. Like, he, look yeah. at that now. <laughs> so, because Ali is, like I said, he, where Sam is at, he's got... Uh, Kamarni. Yeah. Well, Kamarni, is that Kamarni or Sam? Yeah, no, Kamarni's here. Sam's over here. He could have... Okay, uh, yeah, Kamarni, sorry, I couldn't see the number. But, yeah, Kamarni is right there. A little through ball there. He's got a... He's got an open shot right there in the net. Yeah. But that gives up, like I said, Prana can do options there. He can take that shot outside the 18, and if that defender commits inside to him, he can lay the ball there. I think that's what we need to see more from him, and that way we'll see if those defenders either back – if you back away, you're gonna let, he's going to score goals. But if you let him – if he comes up, you're going to say, well, we'll have some space to, get, to feed the ball into that six-box six area. And look at the respect. Like, they all press up. As soon as he gets the mm-hmm. ball, they're like, <laughs> you could say they're swarming him. That's it. Taking the pressure off of him. So, Not a yeah. bad shot. But... but he still gets a yeah. really good shot off, and it did not miss by much. So, and we've seen that goal before by Christian. So, And here's Hernandez. This was pretty impressive. Yeah. That was a very impressive shot. And, yes, it was kind of – here's the thing why I think that's even more impressive than, you know, that what meets the eye is that Pirano did this exact same thing a week ago to the same goalkeeper. And so it's obviously, it's obvious that whenever that goalkeeper sets up, yeah, yeah, that's, um, should have paused it. Anyway, we'll talk about that one here in a little bit, but the goalkeeper's cheating to that post. He cheats to that post before that free kick is taken by Hernandez and Hernandez still almost scores it with that pace. So, that was very impressive, and it and watching this game, Hernandez is definitely he's getting bet more into form, uh, and he, he looked a lot better in this match as well. The, the, the keeper was beaten on that one. If he places that on the upper right corner, it's it's mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a shot, and the keeper was cheating that way. That's a crazy part. And then here's everything that we need right here: Sam Dinnerin, kind of a hope ball. Tani, Tani, let Tani find it. Go yeah, ahead, no, Antonio no, FC. Oh, yeah. Off the bench, his, his first, first goal. First touch is an SAFC player. Hit it. Unbelievable finish. Visitors the lead in Vegas. We watched it like two more times. Unbelievable finish. And just how, <laughs> he, bodies, so yeah. how he bodies 98 for Vegas. Mm-hmm. Just perfect positioning. Bodies him. He bullied him. He bullied him. Just completely. <laughs> yeah, just. Yeah. Just big brothered him absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that finish, <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect reaction. That's exactly what you should do. Mm-hmm, uh, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, uh, Rex was calling that goalkeeper a rotten banana the entire time. <laughs> game in San Antonio, so that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, but unbelievable finish by Taney there, and that, that's the hope ball from Sam. Sam coming into the midfield to help out a little bit, just give the hope ball to Taney and let Taney run on it. So. I'm excited to see uh, his future with SAFC. Hopefully, he gets to stay for the for the entire season. We'll see. But man, that's a really nice debut right there. And Sam with a goal and an assist lands himself on the team of the week. So, love to see that. Absolutely. Um, that's. Uh, what are you going to say, Sam on the team of the week? 
yeah, that, that sounds about right. I think that's how that should go pretty much every time. What I love is that uh, it, it gets him off the schneid. Like, Sam, you can tell he presses. He tries really hard. He wants – he loves being here. And for him to just, like, finish, I think it kind of, like, lets him relax a little. Because you saw him score. It almost seemed like a relief. Because he wants to, like – he he loves being here. You could tell. Every time you talk to him, he loves being here. Absolutely. And, and definitely, you know <laughs> – you know he's super upset about mostly being on the bench for St. Louis. He deserves to be, you know, to start yes. that team. But it's super frustrating for him. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the happy he's here, happy he's with the team again, and happy to see him uh, you know, get into form and <laughs> and, to, and to show, you know, show everybody his potential because his potential is a top of line starter for for uh, for a first division team in whatever country he wants to go to, to be honest. Uh, the guy's unbelievably talented, and it's crazy that it's a typical MLS thing where, you know, they go for the $5 million DP striker that's in his mid-30s that, you know. <laughs> but to be fair to the striker for St. Louis FC, uh, St. Louis City right now, uh, excuse me. Uh, but to be fair, he's the, the striker's blowing out, though, to be fair. Yeah, but, yeah, he's, 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 he's doing well when the other team passes him the ball directly and he finishes <laughs> it in the net. So that's happened multiple times this season. So, Although St. Louis City's down 2-0 right now to Chicago Fire and Open Cup. Not that. Uh, wow. Well, they probably didn't. You'd think they wouldn't have a lot of starters there, but Chicago Fire is a bad it's Sorry. a train wreck. <laughs> they're, they're not they're good. Well, they fired their coach this week as well. So yeah, they're a bad team. So interesting to see. Um, so anyway, going on. back to this, yep. seeing the highlights of the game. Is this a formation that you think we could see going forward? You know, the four four two with them working out, or you think? Um, assuming everybody gets healthy, we go back to the you know the three five two uh, was it three five two. We'll go around the horn for this one, Rafa. What are your thoughts on that? I think we go back to three five two. I think once um, Tanner and Maloney come back, it, that's what that's what that's your bread that's your bread and butter. That's what's what got you the stars. So, and then we're just kind of like I said, missing the little piece. With PC, like I said, he's kind of leadership there in the midfield. But like I said, Jacory is holding his own, and but also Abu came in in the in the game too. So he, I think, I think he kind of changed the game a little bit because we were we we're very erratic in the first half, and I think he settled things there in the midfield when he came in, kind of controlled the ball. He was he was a game manager, so that so that's what we need out there. And like I said, I think moving forward, I think that I will play like three five two, maybe even a three four three. I like to go back to pressing teams up, you know, uh, their defenses like we used to. I think probably we can't do that because of the injuries, but I think sooner or later we're, we're going to get back to that because now we have the four, we have the depth now with those forwards to, in, in any combination that we can do, you know, we can have Nikos, Ditter, and Antonio up front. Imagine those three <laughs> facing those three, you know, kind of pick your poison there. Robert, your thoughts because you haven't really said a whole lot. You, well, kind of your thoughts on the game and and just just the formation. Yeah, in general, I think it's a a byproduct of Marcina just trying new things, trying to see if a lineup fits, trying to see, trying to use personnel like to you know create a result. You know, it there were some flaws. <laughs> we all know it. We all saw it. And there's a lot of exposure in the midfield. And and I think the biggest thing that 
kind of strikes me or what I'm seeing is like the three guys that like almost equated to like a, a football scenario. There's like quarterbacks, people who organize stuff, people who command and bark, you know, we're missing those people, PC, Tainer and Maloney, like literally they organize stuff in a way that like is irreplaceable in some regards. Like you can have talent, you can have players. It's just kind of fitting those pieces, like in a system that's effective. And like you said, I, I like the three, five, two, because our, our offense is predicated off press, press defense. So, the more defensive mids we can get into that can press, create the turnover, dump it into those athletic forwards like Tanny and Sam. That that was what got us where we were at the end. I mean, Patino and uh, Adenarant last year, you just dumped it into them off the press, off the break, catch them off guard, kind of like Vegas did to us, like a reversal. You catch them off guard, catch them out of position, press, press, make them make decisions, and they make the wrong decision. That's what we're about. So, like I said, in general, like, I see potential and I see Marcina doing what he does. And and like I said, hopefully, I mean, the key to it is like long-term, hopefully it's not enough personnel wise for us to like be impacted to where we're not hosting home games. That that's paramount in the U S a home games and a playoff is important. So, you know, like I said, I'm positive. I'm excited. I'm not down on the team. I think, I think it all work out in the end. What's interesting. <laughs> What's interesting um, is ESPN has uh, has SAFC's formation as a four three three, so it's kind of funny uh, for Rafa. Um, but kind of how Marcina captained the ship on this kind of rough sea to to a three point um, three point victory is uh, so the first sub was Isaiah Parker went off, and he and Pirano got subbed in as the right wing. And Zico Bailey was brought back um, as the uh, as a left back, and so in the midfield, Pirano went over, and and Nico uh, was still the right winger. And then not not long after that, um, Abu comes in, and he provides some stability in the midfield. Pirano goes out to the right wing because Abu came in for um, for Nico, and then uh, Kamarni was subbed out for. Jorge Hernandez, who was the left winger at that point, and then uh, Taney came in for Nacho. That's that's a like for like. So there are three dissimilar subs uh, through injury and through um, kind of moving your chess pieces around. There are three dissimilar subs uh, for you know it wasn't a lot of like for like subs in that match. And Marcina still you know navigated through it, and we still got the three points. So kudos on uh, Marcina there, but. Um, Let's go around for you know the the three point victory in Vegas. Obviously, the one one draw was really tough um, in San Antonio, but we proved that you know mentality of monsters. Um, rumors of the mentality of monsters demise have been greatly exaggerated because they are back. Uh, they have seven players out, and they still get a victory on the road against a tough team, um, especially there in in Cashman Field uh, on their nice little uh, dust patch, thanks to the uh, XFL. Um, Robert, who was your uh, mentality monster of the match for the match at Vegas? Well, my biggest thing is the play that I know, I know Gomez had to clear off the line, but there was a, there was a, at the eight minute, 30 second mark or so where they had a break and it was literally like, four on one and there was a cross that gomez like god mm -hmm. that was like 
it goes yeah. unsung. Like those little things like that, you just watch it and literally he, the guy crossed across and he shuffled back and cleared it. If not, it would have been like three on one on far. And right there, that like those things kind of like, I like those little plays. I like to watch the game and watch a play. Like sure, there's the big ones that make the highlight roll. But didn't he clear ones, one off the line? That he cleared one off the line as well. That's what he did. But beyond before that. But before right, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the eight, eight minute, 30 second mark, watch it. Like he literally had one where he like kicks his leg back because the cross is coming through. There's a guy breaking because of the mm-hmm. midfield being exposed. And he literally, he like sticks his leg out. If not, you look, there's three Vegas guys. Right. Right there. Like yeah. literally. Queuing up for that. Be, yeah. So mm-hmm. to me, that that's huge. You, those are the kind of things that people don't talk about. They don't make the stat sheet. But if you watch and know the game. It, it makes a difference between uh, winning, especially when the margin is so small. Like we have a team that doesn't score a lot. Those little situations make a huge, huge deal. Agreed. I think it's a pretty good one. So I guess going through that, Shannon Gomez is your mentality monster of the match. Um, Rafa, your mentality monster of the match. And I guess what's your mentality monster moment of the match? Mute. You're on mute. Uh, I have on, Sam Adderin as a as the uh, <laughs> mentality monster for the game. Um, That's twice. So that technical difficulties, but yeah, Sam. I think Sam really, <laughs> really worked hard in this game. You can notice he was hustling for balls. You know, see, so I think scoring that goal kind of got that monkey off his back a little bit to get it, and hopefully that'll start the that the avalanche of goals coming up these next few games and so forth and and he did carry a lot of a lot of the weight on the you know up front and the attack so so he he's my mentality monster of the match and then as far as the game um i, I guess for the moments some of those saves by far <laughs> that one save there <laughs> that punch out you know that was going into it, and he was able. That was that was a key moment there because we were kind of holding on a thread, and he was able to make some some key saves to keep us keep us in the game. And Rafa, yeah. do you think we take some of that for granted? Like Far has been so excellent for so long, we start to like assume, and you start watching other games, and you see the difference. Yeah, yeah he's kind of I mean, like unsung, and you hate to say that. But he he sets the bar high. That's the, that's the thing. He he's he's the stat. If you're gonna look at USL goalkeeping, he he sets the bar. You know that's where your goal you you want your goalkeeper to be. Because if if you look, he hasn't really given up. I don't think he's even given up more than two what two goals. More than one. Mm-hmm. More than one. one. Has not given up more than one yeah. goal yeah. this entire yeah, season. Yeah. yeah. You know, for all the injuries that we had and have and so forth, that's that says something there as with a, you know a quality keeper that we have. And I'm sure now, I think some of the other teams, I guess MLS and maybe even Europe, probably kind of have their eye. Of, hey, this guy, you know, knows how to bring it. And he kind, of, like I said, he he kind of reminds me a little bit. It says from the those kind of says like kind of what Ochoa is doing in Italy right now. Kind of saving some of those 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 games a little, just a little bit, just just, just a key, just a key. You may not not one of the Mexico games, but what he's doing with his Italian team. But some of the key things he does, like the moments that he has to step up, you know, to carry because he does sometimes carry the defense. You know, when we make defensive mistakes, 
he he cleans he cleans a lot of that up. You talking about so, the man in the mirror? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my I, I, mentality ahead. monster of, of the match, um, I'm gonna go with Zico Bailey. Um, you, you, when you look at his stats, I don't think you you he's he stands out, but to me, just the hustle that he has. The flexibility that he had on this game here. Um, I know we're going to get to, uh, you know, USL Tactics John's comments here in a minute here where, where he said that he was on an island, but uh, for that. And then my uh, mentality monsters of the moment of the match, I'm going to give it to Alan Marcina. Uh, him bringing in a uh, new coach, uh, Victor uh, Lungchuk, uh, to be his yellow card accumulator. Um, for that here, that yeah, like anyway, I know we said that kind of yeah. in our chat, and I've seen it on the uh, social media. That, that's pretty smart, being able to kind of spread out those yellow cards and still, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, still be able to get the point across to the fourth official and, and to the, you know to the officials here. So, uh, kind of in, in a light way, uh, you know, uh, Coach Marcina, you know, like I said here, thinking outside of the box. So I'm bringing in a guy to collect yellows back to back yellow. Although this match. Uh, Victor got a card, and so did uh, Alan at the same time here. So the ref, the ref bought it this time. But, uh, hey, still got to give him credit for trying and uh, saving those yellows. Yeah, I, uh, mentality monster of the match is definitely not my hamstring because I just got a Charlie horse right now. Um, let's see. Um, hashtag I'm old. Lower body injury, buddy. Use yeah, that, that is a yeah. That's correct. That is lower body, body injury. Body injury. <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, anyway. Um, so my moment of the match is definitely going to be, I mean, what are you going to talk about? It's the Shannon Gomez clearance off the line. That was unbelievable. Um, and Shannon, uh, and a big reason why I really give it to him um, is he did have that moment against Nashville. Um, you know, that one little lapse in concentration that kind of cost the game. And then he was going to go back. And instead of, you know, instead of having that quicksand moment in the game and just letting, Oh, what if I do it again? What if I do it again? He dominates in this match and he, there you go. Perfect. Add me to the list. That's nine. Perfect. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, he, he could have, you know, kind of gone through it and been like, Oh, here we go again. No, he dominated in this match and he did really well. And he probably saved two or three goals to be honest with you with this play. So, uh, Shana Gomez, um, uh, is going to have my moment, and he's going to be my uh, mentality monster of the match for that. Absolutely, uh, he did. He did really well. Um, at the same time, we do, I guess, need to reiterate that Parker is hurt. Uh, he did come off before halftime. He what? He couldn't even make it, you know, to halftime. So not ideal. So add another one to the IL. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about um, SAFC's match against uh, Charleston. And welcome back. Uh, now we're gonna Before we get to Charleston, Ruh -roh. I do want to talk about uh, USL Tactics Breakdown. Okay, um, yeah. And more specific, kind of a um, Kamarni Smith. Uh, a couple minutes on Kamarni Smith's performance for the past couple matches. Because he's taken yeah. a little bit of a beating. And for me personally, I'm not sure... I'm not sure it's fair. Um, right. 
We'll, right. we'll say he's getting the Beckford treatment from last year. Um, <laughs> you know, and I was guilty of that, you know, for it here. Yeah, I think but, you're onto something. Um, I, I, I think we do need to kind of have that discussion and um, just to see, Hey, is it, is it really him not fitting in or it, you know, I know you kind of hinted on it Royce of maybe it's what he's being asked to do, which of course is not something that he's used to doing. So, um, but I thought uh, USL tactics, you know, from a neutral side, uh, does a great job. And of course this is through the USL show and, and John uh, was, was nice enough to say, Hey, we could play his uh, two minute clip here. John with uh, back healed, by the way, back healed, go subscribe. And the back healed. Yes. I uh, give full credit. Um, $5 cup of coffee. Support it. Joe, for today, I want to talk about San Antonio FC, a team that had to move into a four, four, two. Harry, you can't go on mute. <laughs> you can't go on mute, man. Well, I guess we'll talk about this. So so pretty much what John talks about in this, and, and maybe we'll replay it, but he talks about Kamarni Smith's positioning and kind of the, how the four four two worked, and he kind of talks about what we talked about, was that Zico Bailey and Kamarni really found themselves going forward. And as you can see here, um, they never really got a lot of support um, they never provided Mids. a lot of support to the left back. I'm sorry. They didn't provide a lot of support to the left back. And that, in that last clip, what you saw is Zico Bailey kind of being on an Island and it's a two on one against him. And he doesn't have any, uh, any help on the cross um, in the goal that uh, Preston support Tataka scored. Um, it was uh, Parker that was on that Island by himself and he found himself, you know, moving around a lot. And unfortunately, he did get injured in this match. But that's pretty much what he's talking about is um, SAFC kind of finding the 4-4-2 and figuring things out. And what really helped out a lot uh, was whenever, uh, through injury, Pirano was subbed in for Parker. And Pirano helped out on the right side a lot. So he eliminated one of the overloads, which helped SAFC. Um uh, compensate for the overload on the left side. So Pirano would help come back, and, and we saw that a lot. That's kind of the Justin Dillon spot, and Justin Dillon kind of set that marker, and so Christian Pirano was doing the same thing. Um, and they're they're you know showing the goal to win it there. So Harry, going to replay it uh, without mute this time because we can't hear when you're on mute. Oh, you couldn't hear it. Oh crap, my bad. Nope. All right. Sorry, the cats were running through. Hello, and welcome into the USL Tactics Show, where today I want to talk about San Antonio FC, a team that had to move into a 4-4-2 and unfamiliar shape because of injuries and suffered for it early. So we're going to see the progression of how Aaron Marcina made the changes to the against Las Vegas on Sunday night. You're going to see the issues right away with that left wing. They really struggled to get Kamarni Smith to properly track back. Smith was acquired in the offseason. He was more of a forward with Loudon's those sensibilities, he often left the left side of the defense rather unguarded uh, throughout the first half of this match. Now, there would eventually be changes, but you're really seeing the issues here. Isaiah Parker had to come up with injury. That's the eighth injury for San Antonio, but Zico Bailey is just on an island in all of these chances. And you're going to see this also play out on the goal earlier in the game that equalized things for the lights. Parker is still in here, but note how San Antonio closes much too hard to the middle. Smith has come to the entire opposite wing from his left side role, isolating the fullback and leading to that equalizer. 
you are seeing though what San Antonio was trying to do with that 4-4-2 in the first place. Smith on that left side, Nico Hansen on the right, move up beyond the high fullbacks and really do well. So in the second half, and especially after that change, Christian Ferrano came on in the first, uh, you're seeing how Ferrano tracked back in his defensive position and really solidified what San Antonio was doing in those wide areas. He's supporting Shannon Gomez. He's making sure that shot doesn't even happen. Here, Ferrano is dropping in, uh, working with Samuel Adenaron to get behind for the lights, create progress, and draw their defense into This is really the decisive play of the game. It's the winner. Adenaron, Ferrano are dropping down that side, opening up to just two center backs against two forwards for San Antonio. When Olawasai gets in, it's a goal, and it's showing how San Antonio is so good at that next man up mentality and making the changes they need to win games. And I think that really goes along with um, kind of Harry calling out Marcina for being, you know, jokingly for being the mentality monster of the match. But at the same rate, we saw this all last year where Marcina did not have the same lineup starting for any game except for what two all season last season. We're kind of seeing a very similar trend happening this season. And we're in third place in the table. Like, what am I going to tell you? Uh, Marcina's an unbelievable manager. Uh, and he's kind of managing through these waters and until everybody gets healthy, then we'll finally see the final form of the team. But as of right now, you know, you got to give the, you got to give the flowers to Marcina. He's been unbelievable with his uh, managing this season. No, no, no. It was funny because uh, Devin Kerr, I was talking to him on Twitter or going back and forth. And he was like, we're talking, me and Harry are telling him like, we need our offense to click. We need to click. And he's like, it's, um, it's cool. Cause you guys are already, in, you're in fifth place and you're worried about your offense clicking. I was like, well, now you think about it, it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, like some teams would die to be in that position constantly. And and for us to be nitpicking those small things, it, yeah, you're right. Marcino, he makes it happen. Like, I trust him. Like, when you see those formation changes, you're like, oh, I don't know this is going to work. But you got to trust him. Like, he's tinkering. He's trying. So you got to give him credit for sure. So here's my thing here is, we saw it on social media. We even saw it in in our little watch party that we had, you know, on Saturday with with, with the core group of us. Kamarni Smith, fair or unfair, being criticized? Rafa, go and take that one. I think I think he's just being played out of position, and I think that's where he's getting the unfair criticism. I, I think he's more of a straight. Play forward and like I said I think they're asking him to play roles that he's not probably not comfortable with you know and he and if you, at times he looks lost but like the one game he did play for like up top he actually did well there um which was I think it was probably made that I think the Nashville game I think the Nashville game yeah he Nashville he looked a lot better yeah yeah he looked a lot better there he looked comfortable there the other games where they've been putting him man he's just he looks lost and and especially in that position where he's at, either whether in the, the attacking mid or even on the wing, he really knows doesn't know what what he's supposed to be doing. And he gets caught up with his natural instincts to push up. So, you know, maybe in this next coming game, you know, you know, have him come off, save him, have him come off the bench, but playing up top and just let Hernandez or, or Pirano play. Because you saw you saw Pirano do what he needed to do. He, he has experience playing on the outside, so he knows how to defend and come back and give support 
and especially there with the game support to Shannon Gomez. So I think that was a key there to kind of stop Las Vegas from hurting us from there. So up next, we, we face uh, Charleston Battery, who are number one in the East right now um, at 5-3-1. and one. Uh, They lost tonight to enter Miami on a horrific own goal. Um, or very unlucky, I guess. Uh, not, super, not yeah, unlucky. not horrific. Just super bad luck. Just the worst luck. Unbelievable. So, um, but they ended up playing most of their starters. Uh, they did have an injury. I forget uh, the you know, gentleman's name uh, who got subbed out uh, in the 10th minute. Um, so, San Antonio's off, although we did play Sunday. We have to travel, so I guess that kind of evens out a little bit with them playing on Tuesday. It'll be a tough match. Uh, ben Perman from Memphis last year, Detroit City. Solid group. Augustine Williams, uh, five goals. Troy Moose in the goal. Uh, former Sounders uh, last last couple of last year with the Loyal. Uh, so solid goalkeeping. Um, be a tough match uh, in Charleston. Um, you know, like I said here, I think if you look at it, we're what four, four, uh, four, four, one, 16 points. They're five, three, and one, 18 points. So to me, it should be a good one. Yeah, the resurgence of the Charleston battery has been one of those, um, one of those stories, uh, from the offseason. Whenever they really reloaded, they, uh, they got new ownership, correct? So they, they put a lot of money, invest a lot of Last money, year, in the yeah. team. um, and, they, and they've brought in a lot of, uh, a lot of good pieces. They have that, um, um, that, that, uh, Mexican youth national player team, uh, national team player. Who's, who's pretty unbelievable. He's definitely going to be one to watch. Oh, yeah. um, What's his name? Bra. I can't think of it on the, he's not USMNT. So I, yeah. Um, and the guy that, uh, that Charleston lost is their starting left, uh, their left winger, their, their left forward or left midfielder. They, I guess they play in a four, two, three, one. Uh, and it was uh, Mark Hanich, and he came off early, like you said, uh, super early in the match. So uh, that's that's pretty unfortunate for them. Um, is it Barajas? Is that his name? Uh, Fidel Barajas, yes. Yeah, Barajas, that's what I figured. So, um, And he played as, as the right winger in this one. So he'll be one to watch for. Uh, we'll see how SAFC schemes to try to shut him down. Um, but it'll be an exciting match. Uh, they're coming off short rest. Uh, we'll see what, uh, and obviously SAFC has a, a long list of injured players, including, uh, yours truly with the lower body injury from tonight. So what are you going to do? Um, so we'll see how that one goes. Rafa, what are your, uh, thoughts, um, to preview this match, uh, in Charleston? I think that the goal is to at least get a point out of this, you know, especially, I said with the with this another injury, but who knows? Maybe if we get a couple players back. Maybe we don't know. Like I said, they don't ever tell us. Um, it'd be great to get the three points because that'd be a really good confidence booster for this team um, to knock off the, the top team in the East. And and I, I think we have enough. I think we have enough to do it. We just got to play smart, a lot better, more a little more organized. But like what we did in that second half. So like I said, we, we'll we'll see. We'll see how we do, but I, th I think there'll be you'll you'll see some changes on the starting lineup on the on on Saturday. And Robert, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on the on the match? I'm gonna be a little more selfish. I want three. 
I deserve three. I expect three. And it's a situation where, yeah, they're tops in the East. But the scenario is, is like, in order for us to host playoff games, we need to start looking at these opportunities to like secure the three. Hopefully we can get some players back, like Rafa said, to where we can put a lineup together that's consistent, you know, but I, like I said, I trust Marcina. I expect three. I want three. And hopefully uh, they produce and, and we get the result we want. And then let's do a quick wrap around around the league. Uh, let's go over um, uh, kind of happenings around USL. Um, if anybody mm-hmm. wasn't watching, uh, RGV completely collapsed in the last 10 minutes of the match. No, last uh, five. Oh, it was the last five even yes, better. So it, at the 90th <laughs> minute, they were up 2 0. By the 93rd minute, it was 2 2. Against Mexico United. New Mexico, New Mexico United, United has had right. some issues scoring as well. Um, so, and then Phoenix, uh, Phoenix forward Conway came on, substituted in two minutes later, uh, gave a violent elbow in the box, red card. Uh, Phoenix ended up losing 2 0 to Tampa in a game that wasn't even that competitive. Um, and unfortunately, um, a homophobic sur- uh, slur in the Orange County San Diego match, not SC, but SD. Uh, Orange County did suspend the player, but the player has not been named as of yet. Um, unfortunately, Colin Martin was in the area. I've talked with you know some people in OC. I don't think it was intended directly at him, but just more because it that was a chippy game. There were 14 cards in that game. Yeah, I watched that um, whole thing. Yeah. Just did it, it, but they subbed that guy out right away. They subbed like three people out. And it's one yeah, of three. It's, it, 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 it was a bad situation. And, and you know, it had like 15 minutes of extra time because 10 minutes of it were, you know, co- both coaches, referee. Um, I was kind of surprised San Diego didn't walk off the pitch uh like they did against Phoenix a couple of years ago. Uh, over that same situation. So, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Hopefully we, you know, the players can clean, kind of clean it up. I think the big difference on this time here, the player was subbed off. The coach probably acknowledged it because it was right on the sideline. So, um, but that, that's that got no business in, in the league here. We're still kind of waiting on the league to kind of say something outside of Orange County, um, which I'm kind of surprised. Well, well, it's only Tuesday, so. Um, I guess it's still a little bit, a little bit early, but yeah, uh, on the field, you know, like I said here, um, to me, RGV, uh, I checked with Edson. He said he was still in shock that, you know, basically RGV dominated the game and uh, stopped playing after 90. That's all you can say. <laughs> they stopped playing. It just, it's, they gave up back-to-back goals and lucky they walked away with the three points, but uh, with one um, point, one, with the one, one point. point. Yeah. Um, the other news, and, and like I said, I wanted to go into more detail, but we're running short on time. Uh, Jake Edwards has been replaced by Paul McDonough, who's very questionable, um, was banned by MLS. Uh, he was the person in charge of Inter Miami getting four DPs. Um, also, uh, from reports with Carter Kishner, um, did not do well in Orlando City. So we'll have to see. Jake was well-liked, had a good plan. So we'll have to see the direction that that Paul and, and there's been a lot of changes in USL headquarters this, this year, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess time will tell. Time will tell. And, hey, at least it's not from New Jersey, right? So <laughs> we don't have to talk about the whole U.S. soccer issue. So the um, final topic is the yep. 
Yeah, and it's a big one. SAFC Pro Academy enters an agreement with Lone Star SC, who is an Austin club. Um, club soccer um, organization, um, which is very interesting. Um, it does a couple things for SAFC that I will speak on, and then we'll throw it around the horn to see everybody else's thoughts. But two things that this does for SAFC Pro Academy, it enters them into an agreement with an organization that has a girls system mm -hmm. so they immediately enter into something with some uh with some infrastructure to go towards a women's team which is interesting to see if they capitalize on that so that's interesting to watch out for and the second thing that it does is it spreads out the talent pool that safc can pull from and it takes them into broccoli's backyard to try to recruit some of those players to come play for safc uh because Austin, Austin's really had a, a really good track record of playing one youth player, and that's the coach's son. So, mm. so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, anyway, Harry, don't, 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 just let it go. Uh, Rafa, what are your thoughts on this? You are, uh, you have really your ear to the ground with the with the youth soccer um, around the state. So I'm really interested to hear uh, how you feel about this uh, new organizational agreement with uh, SAC Pro Academy and uh, Lone Star SC. I think, I think this is a good one for them. You know, for us, it, it's, it, it's, we have a proven track record as far as developing players and look at some of the players that they're playing at, whether MLS, but we got some that are playing overseas, you know, and I think that's, that's may what attracted Longstar, which I guess the Longstar is one of the big clubs here in the state. And then you know, like I said they were here in San Antonio. Like I said, now they're probably coming back. Um, so they do well. Like I said, I know they do well in Austin. I, I think also, can you, if you remember, like Classic League was, yep. was, was, um, was part of Austin FC, so maybe this is a little counter for that. It is and a then, counter. Yeah, That's exactly so, what it is. <laughs> so good for you know, good for SAFC. And, and there's other things, you know, like are they going to allow the players to play in high school and this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, until, you know, we've been hearing from source sources, whatever. Yeah. We've been uh, hearing from people pulling stuff out of their asses. Yeah. <laughs> so I, until SAFC ad addresses that, you know, um, you know, as far as without, you know, as, as far as affecting any high school players, I, don't, I, I think they'll let them play. I mean, in, if you if you watch like the fifty fifty podcast on the last episode with the, the Solano player, um, she plays with FC Dallas, so they're allowing her to play, you know, high school. So I I, I think. They'll they'll do that. I think they'll allow that here. I don't, I don't, see, I don't see a problem with that because we want to share. We want to showcase our athletes. I think that's one way to say, SAFC can showcase our athletes, not only with the club, right. with the club level, but also with the, the schools that they represent here in San Antonio. So you want to you want to make San Antonio shine and so forth. Yeah, it's it's just people that um, support that other team uh, trying to throw shade on something they have no idea anything about. That's basically what's happening there. Robert, what are your thoughts on this agreement? I mean, the big thing is exposure. It, 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 like, it's getting us into expanding markets, like getting us out there, and and the big thing is like exposure, be becoming like almost like a big club. Like, it can only lead to like success, like with the uh, the the attracting players. Like, you come here, there's a situation where you can go beyond this, you know we can promote you. We can get you into different, what do you want to do? We'll put you in different arenas. We'll put you in different like situations where if you want your career to go this way, that way, 
you know, it's flexibility. And the women's thing is exciting because, yeah. like, I, I actually I enjoy the Athenians. And, and if they brought a team into Toyota Field, I'd be on board season tickets. I, I, it would, it'd be fun. I'd love it. I, I would totally be in. I, I, my daughter, my kids, they love the Athenians. They love the experience. And I'd be on board. More soccer, the better. Robert, and also following on that with the, on the high school level with the girls, they're going to get a higher level of play because one of the things the high school, especially the San Antonio teams, they've kind of fallen behind a little bit from the Austin and the Dallas area. I think that's going to be a big benefit, having the, those teams and playing better competition so far. So maybe that's, we'll see if some of our high school teams go further, deeper, you know, finally get into the state playoffs. Like I know we had a couple of them here, but like I said, I think that's going to help out. And, you know, we really do need to promote the, the women's game here, especially down all the way to the youth level. And, and I'm, you know, kudos to this. So this is going to be kind of grassroots for San Antonio. Absolutely. More soccer, the better. Bring it on. 100%. Harry, your thoughts? So I probably like most SAFC fans was like, what are we doing partnering with Lone Star in Austin? Um, I have a good friend, uh, that, that I work with on the Texas Ring of Fire. He's actually a Lone Star coach. I was under the assumption that Lone Star was affiliated with Austin FC, but they're not. Um, so this, to me, and, and, and Rafa nailed it, this is the counter to classic elites going to, uh, going to Austin FC through there. Plus, Austin FC was poaching coaches uh, from from Lone Star. And to me... And- and and pl- and players and players um obviously and they've famously uh, well. leo yeah famously leo torres is an uh, austin fc two player so and he is but that's a, professional he's not getting time still but <laughs> i'm is. saying the precedent is there so and this is what's going to happen with the territory there's only so much territory between austin and san antonio i, think, I guess i, I think low star um, like the fact that i think the the big shining moment for us is is is, is uh, jose gallegos and I think that's what they presented, I think, the Lone Star. So, look, we have players playing in Europe. It's an easier track than maybe coming up to the MLS and so forth. And I, I think I think Lone Star bought into that, and it's great because, like I say, they can play either in Denmark or maybe, like I said, Piranha ended up going to Europe and so forth. So we have the track record and so forth. We have three players that that have played in San Antonio FC that have gone overseas. That's Ethan Bryant played in the Belgian leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously you had Pirano go to the Portuguese uh, top league and you had, you have Jose Gallegos Jose uh, doing well in the second division yeah. in, in, in uh, Denmark there. They call him Messi over there. So let's not, uh, let's, <laughs> let's not, you know, let's calm it down, but at the same time, let's pump that up a little bit. That's it's about promoting that's pretty the neat. brand. It's about pushing but, the brand. I've got but, two more points but, on but, this. But that but that's it. Oh, the 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 path Rafa took my point, but that's it is that the path from USL to Europe is so much easier and so much more defined through what's happened yes. uh than it is from MLS. So it's a lot easier if a kid's like I want to go overseas and play in, in you know in the Champions League. Well, <laughs> buddy, here's a USL and it's <laughs> yeah, a lot right, easier yeah. to get there. Yeah, um, at the same time, the precedence there and SAFC has purchased a player from Belgium. So, I mean, the USL to Europe connection is 100% there. Um, and it's established and it's exciting. And obviously clubs with the kids that have that asp- uh, aspiration are going to come over to that. Harry, your two points. So I got two more points. One, I don't think people understand how far Lone Star goes. 
We have, looks like you're uh, 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 Colleen, Kyle, Hutto, Leander, uh, Taylor, Wilco, Round Rock, Cedar Park. They're all over basically from Central South to Temple North Central. Yeah. all the way down to San Antonio now. So San Antonio is going to be able to grab the elite players or they're going to be able to work with the elite players um, from there. So that's, you know, as opposed to just focusing on San Antonio only, they're truly going to be able to grab the best of the best for the San Antonio FC Academy. And then number, my main point on here that nobody really talks about is the organizations will jointly explore future initiatives, including the potential of a pre-professional division USL team in Central Texas. That is a USL League 2 team um, that would probably be North, you know, clean North Texas, Round Rock, Round Rock, Rock. most likely Round Rock. Rock. The the potentials, the the, the potentials there um, for them to expand, and that's something that we've always kind of questioned: why doesn't SAFC have have that 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 USL League Two team on here? This opens up that avenue to where 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 they're going to have that opportunity to be able to do that. Both, I think, on the on the men's side. Like it says here, but I also think, as you guys mentioned earlier, on the women's side, whether it's the Super League that's coming up or they go into the W League, because um, the W League, is, as of yet, is not in Texas. What I, actually inter- stand, I stand corrected. There is a W League team coming into Austin uh, next year. Uh, I think it's next year or the following year. So there is an Austin team that's already named but we don't know who they're affiliated with or along those lines. That's right. And I assume they're probably going to play uh, at Coda, but, but we'll, or no, there's house. They're going to play at house. Aren't they? Um, no, no, that's a different team. That's completely oh, different. Is that different. Oh, very cool. That, very that's cool. the team from um, uh, FC Austin elite. They're playing in the USL. There is a brand new uh, USL team that's moving in to Austin. That was announced um, from USL, but as of yet, it's not playing. Rumored to start 2024, possibly 2025, which would kind of mirror through here. So, to me, that that last line there, where they're looking at pre potential, uh, pre professional division of a USL team in Central Texas, and, and I know we talk about this on the Spurs trying to get their branding more in Austin. This is another way that they're going to be able to do that by yep. by having an SAFC affiliated team up. Yep, and at the same rate. I mean, we're talking about this. We know Corpus is going to have their uh, league Most two. Most likely a USL League One team. Yep. Uh, league One, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, San Antonio FC affiliates with Corpus and then and then that organization. I think reaching out to league them league. would be best because they get the yeah. 37 corridor. Um, so Correct. you can start creating a pipeline with the USL two team or the Go one two, team. So. One, yeah, end of the championship. So I think that'd be really good setup for SAFC. Um, at the same rate, uh, it's it's exciting to see them expanding. I, I know I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Spurs are just going to sell SAFC. You know, that's all they're trying to do, and you Much know, money. And, and 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 you understand the, <clears throat> the the scarring from people with the rampage being sold off and the stars being sold off. But at the same rate, this just shows, you know, SSNE really kind of doubling down on their investment into the area uh, to go to the future. And the, and the future for SAFC is very exciting um, going forward with all this because they're really establishing themselves in, in the area. They're establishing themselves uh, with 
everybody um, in the soccer community in Central Texas and SAFC is on the rise. Um, and right now we're in fifth place. And on the table, we're also on the rise. Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, hopefully final you made it through the whole thing. Uh, yeah, let's go through. Well, we're sure. We're going to do final thoughts. All right. We'll go through final thoughts real quick. Uh, Rafa, your final thought. Uh, just final thought. I know with Mother's Day coming up, so happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Um, to all there. And also special shout out to my uncle, George. He had a recent surgery, cancer-free. God bless him. Hopefully we get to see you soon. Very cool. Harry, your final thought. So, number one, I want to give a congratulations to uh, Blue Collar Sports Dad. Uh, last year, uh, Dylan Emery uh, refereed in high school uh, this coming up uh, this upcoming season. Um, he's going to be refereeing in college, uh, mainly just in Texas. But uh, uh, congrats to him on being able to move up uh, in, the, in, the, in the game here. And hopefully someday we'll see you at Toyota Field or somewhere on, on the USL uh, network uh, with pro referees. But congratulations, uh, Dylan. Uh, thanks for giving back to the facility. Obviously, uh, Mother's Day is this weekend. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, wives. Um, I include my daughter on that because hopefully someday in the future she'll be a, a mother a long time down the road. But so happy, happy Mother's Day to all the women out there uh, for that here, both past and present. And Robert, Robert. your final thoughts? I want to send a shout out to Tanny for mentality monster match. <laughs> we didn't give him credit. We kind of bypassed it. that goal. Spectacular bully. Well, don't bully everybody. We'll bully people on the field. No, but like the big thing is like skull Vikings. Harry, let's go. And uh, the last thing is XFL championship. I'll be there at tailgate. If you're interested, anyone go. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Celebrate football. Celebrate local. And happy Mother's Day to everybody. Hey. You see a winner, right? Because I don't think the Brahmas won in San Antonio, right? No, but oh. they tried really hard. <laughs> kind of like the Broncos. Like your Vikings, right? <laughs> like, like, like the Broncos. No, sir. Like the no, Cardinals, no, right? No, you know, the circle to Royce's team, the Cardinals. The, they're they're kind of having a, a rough right year, now. Cardinals. Just catching strays. Catching ooh, strays Cardinals. out here. Catching strays. Anyway, my final thoughts. Happy Mother's Day, especially to my wife. My mom, my sister, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there uh, in SAFC Nation. And uh, more importantly, Marcina Nation. Salute, Coach Marcina. Um, let's go. Let's go show the Mentality Monsters are back. Let's get those three points in Charleston. Let's go, boys. Thanks for joining us. What's Life Without Goals? Good night. We'll see you.